What's up everyone, it's 2 p.m., which means it's 6 p.m., it's 2 a.m., it's 1 p.m., it's 11 a.m., and as always, it's anytime, anywhere, brought to you by this giant thing of water. Mm. Three days in a row with no sprunk, which is actually kind of good, because I completely forgot since I scheduled this last year, but I've got my first class medical exam tomorrow. Yay! Going to the doctor, get my FAA stuff done so I'm legal, and blah, blah, blah. So, last week when I went to the bike shop, it was a week ago today, actually, I was giving some aviation advice, I think, to Carlos, because we were talking about, you know, what his son wants to do, and they were asking me about ATP, the school, blah, 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 and I told them I couldn't really say much, because as I said, I didn't go to ATP, so I didn't really know also all the advice that I was giving about doing stuff on your own and how to save money doing stuff different sources and materials you can use doesn't work if you go to ATP because they want you to do everything from zero to hero their way in their order mine was kind of more part 61 oriented but this school is really strict so I was pointing out the potential downfalls of the school as well hmm. basically they'll build you all the way up but most of their instructors are just people that are just trying to build hours and don't particularly want to teach, which can be a disservice to a student. Um, but then we were we were talking back and forth about that and, you know, how I can possibly help him and, you know, all that type of stuff. So the advice I can keep giving and signing him off for an exam and... Okay, yeah, so... Then there was a guy that came in to have his bike taken care of, and his name was Mickey, so I was making a joke about the Tony Basil song, but then we were talking about planes and flying. He was trying to get some bags put on his bike, but we were also talking about planes and stuff. Um, see, now, I, I should have recorded this last week because I'm having a hard time remembering this stuff. One thing I do remember was, and it's funny because I was watching these videos, as you guys know, I've been starting to watch those videos again, to prepare for my CFI stuff. I've watched aerodynamics, airspace, uh, all that type of stuff. And so I'm saying stuff too much. Hang on a second. All right, so I was, one of the things that I studied this week was about how in a turn you're basically spoiling lift. And a turn happens because of a couple things. You spoil lift by raising a aileron on the side you want to turn and basically you know that kind of acts as a drag on one side that puts the wing down but also it changes the camber so that the bottom surface of the wing becomes larger than the top which means the airflow um, over the top is the lower pressure again making the wing go down and of course equal and opposite reaction basically that wing starts to fly upside down technically because of the camber so that'll start the roll, and then I was telling about horizontal and vertical component of lift, which I learned something, by the way, recently uh, that I had forgotten. I was like, yeah, when you bank a plane, the plane is heavier, load factor, you experience higher Gs when you bank the plane, but I couldn't remember why. And the reason why is, you know, you have lift, right? And you have, lift is normally vertical, it goes straight up, but in a bank, you have vertical and horizontal, because you're, the pull, the horizontal, you know, pulling the plane to the side, you have horizontal and vertical component of lift. But, of course, because of Newton's third law, equal and opposite forces, 
you have weight opposing vertical lift, but you need something opposing horizontal lift, which would be centrifugal force, basically resistance for change. And that plus the weight is the resultant load, AKA the load factor. So that was an explanation for the thing that I couldn't remember the other day. And then I was telling Carlos the whole thing about how a turn happens, that whole thing about spoiled lift, blah, blah, blah. Um, Something else. And then I was talking about how to land a plane. And basically I'm gonna tell you guys short and simple how to land a plane, right? And you come in on your approach speed, which is just above stall speed. All right, you have pitch for airspeed, power for altitude. So if you pull the power to idle on your when you're on short final. Now I'm talking about just landing the plane, not the approach, which means you're on short final, you're on, let's say you're on glide, you're on speed, whatever, on center line, all of that's good. You pull the power to idle, pitch for airspeed, power for altitude. Well, if your power is idle, then your altitude is going to end up being zero. So you're going down, pitch for airspeed. So you have the nose pointed slightly down, so that you can um, uh, do do do. So you can go forward. So you can have your airspeed maintained at what you want. Because if you hold the nose level, you're just going to lose airspeed. And actually, this was in one of my training lessons as well recently. Because it's um, you know you have induced drag, which we can talk about some other time. Um, basically, inefficient work on the plane's part, uh, and basically the lift it has a backwards component when you point up and that's induced drag, but you have the opposite when you're at idle and landing, you have induced thrust. You have, since the plane is pointed down and since lift acts uh, perpendicular to the relative wind, you're pointing down, the relative wind is pointing up and behind, so your resultant um, lift is forward and up. Anyways, so that's diff- that's thrust. That's why you're going forward when you're going down. But anyways, that was a that was really technical, and I did not want to do that today to you guys because I need charts, I need diagrams to explain that, and I'm forgetting some of the words. You know, relative wind, angle of attack, angle of incidence, blah blah blah, chord line, um, mean air, mean camber line. We'll deal with that some other time. But you come in for your landing. All right, you're at. Your power is idle, so you're smooth, you're, you're, you're descending, you're on speed. As you come near the runway, you start to pull the nose up. Now again, you're not going to go up because pitch for airspeed, power for altitude. I mean, you may climb a little bit if you pull up too quickly, but you pull up slowly, which is going to reduce your airspeed, and you're still descending for the reasons I just explained. Now you're level, and you get over the runway, and you're getting really low, and the whole idea of a good landing, because the whole point of landing is not to, yes, the plane has to land, but don't think about it as you have to land. Think about it as another performance maneuver, controlling the aircraft and flying it to the landing. So you get over the runway, and you still bring the nose back slowly and slowly, more and more slowly, and you'll end up nose high, and you'll end up basically you'll be lowering your airspeed to stalling airspeed and you'll cross stalling airspeed. You'll exceed the critical angle of attack and you'll stall as you're right above the ground where the mains can touch down smoothly. That's the whole idea. Fly the plane to a stall right on the surface. Anyways, that was another really technical thing, but that was something I was explaining to Carlos at the bike shop as well. And then we were talking about the gentleman's agreement for the bikes which I don't have the page open on my laptop like I did, 
uh, just like we were talking about the other day, having 200 tabs open. I don't do that. But there was a gentleman's agreement. Basically, in the 90s, Honda, Suzuki, all of them were competing on who can make the fastest bike. But then, of course, there was a whole thing about people were going to have their their things get banned because people were like, whoa, we don't want people going faster and faster on the streets. They're going to get themselves killed. So basically, all the guys got together. BMW heard news of this. They warned them. They went out and said, hey, well, this is what's going to happen. They're going to end up trying to ban you guys. So they all kind of agreed to factory limit the bikes to 186 miles an hour, which is 300 kilometers. And then, of course, BMW was the first one that broke this rule and or tried to break this rule, even though they didn't do a good job at it. But anyways, people have broken it over the years, but for the most part, even though a lot of these bikes can do a lot faster, they have much larger engines, they're a lot more powerful, they're limited to 186 miles an hour for the most part. So uh, that was the really, really condensed version of it. There was this article I read. I'm going to see if I can find the name so I can give credit here. Gentlemen's Agreement. On the back wheel, I think, was the website. But I'm going to double check. Yes. So there was an article on a website called onthebackwheel.com. It was on February 11th, 2021. It was called The Gentleman's Agreement, The War for Speed. And I'm trying to find an author here, and I can't find an author. The Curtis File, blah, 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 blah. Why don't people put the name of the writer at the top of the article anymore? Uh, I'm really looking two comments there's no author on this published by on the back wheel motorcycle obsessed blogger maybe it's this person's blog that's why maybe everything is from this one person anyways there was a whole article about it it was well researched it is well worth the read so i will even recommend this for you guys um again you could just google the gentleman's agreement question mark the war for speed by on the back wheel and you'll find it so that was another thing because then we were also talking about you guys may have heard this in one of the pod bagels the other day but where the electric starter came from uh cadillac the guy who owned it his friend was cranking a starter like the handheld starters on the front of the cars and basically when the flywheel engages and the engine starts to spin faster than the crank it's supposed to disengage the crank but it didn't so it ripped the guy's arm off and he died a painful death because of an infection cadillac said we can't have this so Carlos told me this story. I found it very entertaining. Uh, and then when we were talking about this, and we are talking about magnetos and making bikes go faster with magnetos, I was telling Carlos about why we have mags in the first place. It's not for extra power or anything. By the way, a magneto is a coil of wire wrapped around a magnet, an electromagnet, that basically is a self-sustaining item for the engine, spark for the engine in case the electric system fails. Um, it'll it'll replace the battery or the alternator to power the spark plugs in the event of a full electrical failure so that even if you lose your avionics, your engine will continue to run. That's the reason airplanes have magnetos. Not because they uh, want increased power or anything, but they want a system of reliability in case they lose the electrical system, the plane won't fall out of the sky. Because as you guys know, when the fan turns off, the pilots start sweating. <laughs> That's my favorite aviation joke. Um... So my shutdown sequence is a little bit, it's FAA recommended, but it's not in the Cessna POH. And basically before I do a full shutdown, I turn the mags temporarily to off to make sure that the engine starts to die 
because that means that the P-LED grounding wire is grounding and shutting off said spark. Um, because if not, if you turn the plane off and there's fuel in the cylinders and somebody rotates the prop, the spark plug, if the grounding wire, if the P-LED does not ground, then the mags could spark and the engine could start even if the master is off because again it's a backup to the master system it's independent so you could chop someone's hand off so i always make sure that the p led does go off and that the engine does lose rpm meaning that the mags are off completely before i shut down the engine because you don't want them to still be active by accident then you pull the mixture you cut off gas to the plane that'll kill the engine then you turn off the mags for all the sparks. Then you turn off the electrical system, turn off everything else. All of this, by the way, is after you turn off the avionics because, you know, when the engine goes up or down, the electrical load can fry all your avionics. But anyways, we're also talking about motorcycle kickstarts and how they work. And it kind of, and that's where the thing about the cranks came up in the Cadillac, uh, because it kind of works the same th- same way. You kick it. And it is basically an electronic starter, but not an electronic starter because it's not just a push button. You turn it and it rotates the engine, kind of like when you pull the yanker on a lawnmower. That's what the kickstart does on a motorcycle, as I was told. I didn't know this, so I learned that. The last thing I did while I was at the coffee shop was something unrelated to all this, but I was cleaning the coffee bar. This one guy was bragging, hey, I refilled the Keurig. And I was like, oh yeah, I refilled the Keurig and I filled the sugars. Ha ha. I will say, though, that I'm pretty dumb, and uh, it wasn't a Keurig. It was another type of machine. I couldn't figure out how to put the pot in. It was a Nespresso, and you don't put the pods in top down. You put them in sideways. What numbnuts invented that machine? That's so stupid, but that was very fun, and this is the story, you guys, of the day I went down to get my bike serviced last week. There was a lot more stuff that happened, a lot more conversation about airplanes, a lot more conversation about motorcycles, and a lot more conversation about coffee. But I'll have to come back to that maybe some other time, or tomorrow is going to be something completely different. But at some point, you guys will get to hear more interesting stuff. Stick around for that. We'll see you tomorrow.